Ty, there's really no other way to start this episode than to do one simple thing. Crack open a cold one and sit back. And go, a bing! <laughs> I can't do it, man. I gotta leave it to the expert, because this week we have our first post-Survivor Season 37 guest, David versus Goliath's godfather, Carl Boudreaux. Yeah, we did. We had him on uh, a few days ago, and it was a lot of fun. He, What I loved about him, it's good because I get to like, talk about him with him not being here. What I loved about him is like you He'll never listen. know him <laughs> from the season. He always said, I'm Carl. I keep it 100. And like this was so true. And like I just had a blast getting to talk to him. Dude, Carl is 100% Carl. He comes out swinging. He's like very honest. He tells it like it is, as they say, and uh, I really appreciated that. Before we get to Carl, though, yesterday, CBS announced the cast for Survivor Season 38, Edge of Extinction. Ty, how far are you willing to go for Survivor? All the way to to the the Edge edge of Extinction. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I said. It's almost here. I... Whatever we want the catchphrase to be, I'm sure we can make it that. Mm. But we already knew about Joe, Aubrey, David, and Kelly Wentworth from previous seasons. They're all back. We got 16 other people, new people. And uh, there's a trailer out now on Survivor's YouTube page. Any thoughts? Uh, I'm excited. I like... It's a very interesting cast. I mean, I just briefly looked through it and... uh... I want to know more about them. CBS's own website not giving me a whole lot on who these people are. Uh, they name the tribes and stuff, but I would love it to have Manu and Gama, like David and Goliath. I would love it if this next season was just as good as last season. Obviously, the twist this season, which we'll talk more about in our full season preview episode, is that you're never really voted out. You just kind of get to go live on this island and decide when you want to come back or something. I, I don't know. I'm obviously nervous about some element like that being added, but we'll see what happens. I think just on first glance, this group is interesting. I'm not going to go through all of them right now because we'll have a whole episode to discuss it. But anybody stand out to you just from the quick look at everything today? Uh, I think someone like Dan the War Dog Silva. Um, I just want to know what his... (laughs) He certainly stands out because he's the only one with a nickname. Yeah, and... uh... You know, I'm interested for him, and uh, there's another person on the same tribe, Wendy Diaz. She's got some uh, some hair color, and I'm just curious. I don't know. My person that I noticed was Ron Clark on the other tribe, mm-hmm. because I'm sure he's done great work, but I truly have no idea who he is, and he's listed as founder of the Ron Clark Academy and basis for the 2006 film The Ron Clark Story. Starring Matthew Perry from Friends. And I find that fascinating. I am interested to see who what that guy's about. Yeah, maybe we have to watch the movie before the season starts. <laughs> you gotta catch up. I got enough movies to watch for our other podcasts. Go check out Natural Selection if you haven't. It's our Pixar podcast where we're breaking down all 20 Pixar movies and determining the greatest one ever made. Our next episode actually is on Wally. Classic. Love that movie. But we're not here to talk about those movies. Ah, you just made me think of it. I know. But we're here to talk with our good friend, friend of the pod, Carl Boudreau. All right, let's toss it to Carl. Come back soon for our season 38 preview for Edge of Extinction. 
For now, we'll reflect a little bit with the man himself, the Godfather. Here's Carl. Bing! (laughs) Hello! We are (laughs) here in the dead of winter. We have returned to talk a little bit more Survivor. We're interrupting your replays of our favorite episodes from over the years, some of our favorite interviews from past seasons to bring you a brand new one. Our first guest from Survivor Season 37, David versus Goliath. I truly was like, in my head, I was like, Heroes vs. Sealers vs. Hustlers? No. What am I? I just watched the whole season that I really liked, and I'm like not remembering it, but we will get to him in a second. So, spoiler, it's not a female. First, I should introduce myself, Taylor Gaines, your host of On the Island. Back here again. I don't want to talk to myself, so let me introduce my co-host. He looks like a lawyer off of Wall Street with his beautiful eyes. It's Tyler B. Commons. <laughs> it's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Especially coming from you, you know? You're normally just beating up on me over here in this All right, shut up. That's land. enough. <laughs> sorry, 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 sir. I didn't mean to. <sighs> oh, I'm kidding. Let me introduce our guest. He might have things to say to us, and I don't know if we have anything else to say to him, because we... <laughs> I I said that wrong. I guess what I should say is he might have some things to say to us, but we've already spoken our piece, so we'll just shut up and take it, whatever he has to say. (laughs) It is the godfather of season 37, Carl Boudreaux. Bing! I didn't even have to prompt him to do that. (laughs) Yeah, but besides that, there's no way in hell you're going to even simply try to put my season, David versus Goliath, and get it confused with Triple H? Really? Are you kidding <laughs> that me? That is really fair. Because uh, I think like I think we have tapes to show that we didn't like that season. <laughs> like that's I mean, I respect everybody from that season, but come on, man. To compare that to David versus Goliath? Yeah, no. this truly no. I, I mean, I I think this might be repeating ourselves, but at the risk of doing that, like this was the best season in a really long time. I mean, it, it must have been cool to be a part of it. <laughs> oh, man, it was awesome, man. It was, it's, I have to admit, man, it was one of the best experiences ever for me in my life, man. This, this season was a roller coaster, you know? It was like no one never knew what was coming, you know? That's what makes a good season of Survivor, you know? Who, who wants to sit there and can, you know, simply pinpoint who's going home next, or who's going to make this move. Nobody wants to see that, not as no fan of Survivor. You know what I'm saying? You you want to mm-hmm. be surprised, and I, I have to say that's what myself and my 19 brothers and sisters, because I don't see them as castmates. They're now my brothers and sisters. I mean, we, we gave it our all. We played, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, it was like, uh, not to jump ahead in our conversation, because we can come back to this, but one of the things I found confusing about that is like it was such an unpredictable and like bold season like I felt like everyone was playing so hard that when it came down to the end it was almost like I don't know who should win because it there wasn't like that one dominant person there was just a lot of people who did a lot of things so uh, we can talk about that decision making process 
as we go on, but I do like to start every time we get to talk to somebody with kind of the beginnings of your relationship to Survivor, like how you got into it, whether you've been watching the show forever and uh, just your background with the show. All right, so my background with Survivor, man, I've been watching for probably about the last, I'd have to say about the last 16 years. I've never missed an episode. Now, I'm not this big super fan that's going to write notes and remember who got voted out at what spot on what season or anything like that, you know? I mean, from watching me on the show, of course, everyone knows, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, well, I was the old third oldest person on the whole season. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I work every day. I, I get off work, drink a couple of beers, what have you. So we're watching the show, you know, on a, on a Wednesday night or Thursday night, whatever, because the days have changed when, they, when they've aired. But I'd mm-hmm. sit on the couch, man, and watch with my wife, my daughters, and, and I would tell them all the time, man, I can go do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could be on that show, you know? So what gave you that feeling? I mean, I've just I've always been a person to love the outdoors, to love an adventure. You know what I'm saying? I, it's just adventure. Just it just it excites me. You know, who, who doesn't want a good adventure to see how far they can go along with that? Who doesn't want to be drugged all the way to the bottom to see if they can claw their way out of it to get back up to the top? You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what it is for me with the with the adventure of the show Survivor. You're stripped of everything. Like for all the people who think that the cameras turn off and all of that, the cameras never turn off. Like 24 hours a day, you're being recorded. You have the clothes that's on your back. Yeah, Jeff them gives you a, a urn of rice, but you have to ration that. Everything else, you got to try to find it on yourself. So for me, that was that was cool. I mean, I've I've accomplished you know lots of things in life but doing that adventure was something totally different man and i and i've always just been an adventurous type so you were an applicant right actually i was a recruit that's what's the funny thing about it yeah no i mean i never applied and that was why i felt that it was that it was god sent for me because again watching it for 16 years saying I could go do this, but never had the the balls, if I shall say, to actually apply. I never applied. And then I get these messages directly to my Instagram. I immediately thought it was a joke, you know? So I'm talking with my wife and I'm like, this, this can't be serious, you know? So we I followed up on it and Got with the with the director that that sent me the direct messages. I mean, and I had to send in a video, and I had to go to L.A. for final casting and all of that stuff. But just having it come in that form, it was it was like I said, man, it was God sent for me because it was something I've always wanted to do, but never had the courage to apply to do it. Yeah, no, I think that's um, that's amazing. Uh, one of the running jokes is Taylor and I have been doing this podcast for a few years, and neither of us have applied until this this season happened. We just saw your season, and we said that was an amazing season because everybody out there played their ass off and played as hard as they could, but they still liked each other at the end. You know, there was backstabs, there was betrayal, there was vote outs that no one saw coming, and there was 
you know, in particular, a couple villains that were really good. And that is why we love the show Survivor. And just knowing that you love it and were contacted and had the opportunity to go play, like, that is amazing. That's awesome to hear. When you were, you know, kind of getting those messages, did you ever actually think that you would get beyond just these kind of DMs or anything? Or was it just like, well, I don't know. I guess I'll respond and see what happens. Or did you think, okay, this is happening for me? I mean, I literally, you know, responded back to it thinking that it was a joke. It was my wife that said, babe, just just respond and see, you know, I mean, what can it hurt? You can't they can't get none of your personal information or nothing of that nature. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Because that's the first thing you think of when it comes down to that type of stuff. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, I responded and the lady responded back and, and you know, it just went from there. It went from DMS on Instagram to emails and phone calls and getting, you know, contracts through the mail and stuff of that nature. And it was like, wow, this is really happening, you know? And, and of course, that that doesn't do it. I mean, you still have to go to final casting and, and meet with Jeff Probst and, you know, all the other people from CBS and, and, and sell yourself to be chosen to be on the show, which obviously, you know, I did that because I was chosen. But it's just, I mean, it was it was crazy, man. It was so unexpected. Well, somewhat famously, at least in my head, a lot of your uh, preseason press was like, what did you do when you met with the casting people and you had a quote that just said, I did Carl. And I, I'm curious, like, in your mind now, what was it about doing Carl that made them want to bring you on? Why did they, why do you think they liked you? Because I'm a straightforward person, man. You know, I'm not fixing to, I'm not fixing to sugarcoat anything. If I'm talking to you, I'm gonna talk directly to you. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you me. You know, you either accept it or you don't. I hope that I come across in a way that, you know, it's accepted. But I'm not gonna fake it. It's too much fake stuff going on now in the world. You know what I mean? So. I'm just going to keep it real with you. And when I went to Final Casting, I did that. I mean, I let them know, hey, I drink beer. I hang out in bars. I ride horses. When I'm not riding horses, I put on freaking jeans and tennis shoes and hang out. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of sort of what I shot at them. And and they loved it, you know. But one thing, and, and you clearly seen that in the game is I just shoot straight. I don't I don't have time for all the fake, you know? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the drinking beer thing because one memory I do have of, of talking about you from the season is that episode where you and I think fairly several other people got drunk. And I, my, my question at the time, and I guess now that we get to talk to you, is like it seems to me if you're on an island barely eating, barely sleeping – it wouldn't actually take that much to get you drunk. But like, what, what was your impression of like, did you feel like, oh, man, I drank too much? Or how, how were, you, were you just in a, in a good place? Let me tell you, man, that's that's I mean, that's the absolute truth. It doesn't take much when you haven't been eaten. But yeah, one thing beers. that I've <laughs> that I've grown that I've realized from being on this show is everyone has to have a certain edit. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So therefore, let me mind you, anytime we had alcohol, everyone, 
every single person came back to the camp drunk. Yeah. Every <laughs> single person. But with that being said, you have to edit each individual the way you want to edit them. Okay, mind you, Gabby didn't cry every single day. Yeah. But on her edit, it shows her crying every single day. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? It showed me as the drunk. It showed Christian as the smart guy who talked a lot. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's basically how CBS wants to edit it because that's what they have to do to make a good show that people want to watch. Yeah, so how did you feel about seeing your edit as it unfolded? I mean, in the, in the very beginning, I didn't like it. But I accept it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? I know I'm not a drunk. Do I like beer? (laughs) Yeah. I'm 42 years old. I mean, I work every day. I pay my bills. I provide for my wife and my kids. I don't have no problem with it. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just what it is. But if that's the, the way the edit had to be for our season to be good, I'll accept that all day long because we're going down as top five. This is season 37. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'll take it all day long because when you or any other visual individual get to meet me, you'll know, oh, no, he's not a drunk. He's a cool, laid-back guy. You know what I mean? Will he drink a few beers? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think we're as guilty as anybody. We've talked about this before with previous guests we have on of like getting sucked into that edit. I think we do try more than... I want to say most podcasts, but I'm not going to pretend like I've listened to every single Survivor podcast. We try to acknowledge, like, the edit is presenting this person this way. This looks like this person might be the winner or whatever whatever we can see from our couches. And uh, we've talked before about how (laughs) we used to watch the episodes twice before we would record. But watching them twice, at least in previous seasons, I don't know if it would have been true of yours, made it like too obvious what was going to happen where it was like oh well ben is on 90 percent of this show i think he's probably going to win but all that being said i think we're just as quick to hopefully hopefully not saying mean things but you know just saying people saying people are this or are that and i'm curious I, i know you said you have listened at least once or twice what can you uh Remind us of, because God knows how many words I've said in the last six months that I don't remember. What did we say about Carl? I mean, it's cool. Y'all laugh. You know what I mean? Y'all thought I was drunk. What y'all say? Drunk with power. That's the big thing. Uh, <laughs> you that know was the I'm name of one of the episodes. But, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, you guys are, I, I take it y'all super fans because y'all have a podcast. You know what I'm saying? So you two guys should know that rewards and individual immunity, which results in tribal council, are on separate days. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the day that, quote unquote, I was drunk with power was a totally separate day of the immunity challenge, which leads up to tribal that I went home. You know what I mean? saying? People tried to put those together like me being drunk is what ultimately caused my demise. Mm. Well, no. I mean, I done, like I said on other podcasts, I done pissed all that beer out. That was like a day <laughs> or two before. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't time into that being my demise. The whole thing was the Davids had, 
you know, they wanted to were playing an individual game. They may, were making moves for themselves. And that's just, you know, that's just what it is. Man, look, I don't hold nothing against nobody that's had anything to say negative about me. That's not the type of person I am. You know what I'm saying? Get to know me and I guarantee you, you'll love me. You'll want to hang out with me <laughs> and drink a few beers with me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked so far about your uh, persona of the beer drinker, the guy that gets drunk and just starts spouting, well, let's do this, well, let's do this. Let's turn a little bit and talk about your edit as the godfather. Where did that come from? What kind of things led up to people calling you the godfather? Okay, the reason that came about, in my opinion, which Gabby was the first person to make that statement, and I started off the game with Gabby since day one on the David Beach. Now, mind you, I didn't get the whole edit of being out there and making moves and this and that. Everybody thought, oh, he's not really playing the game. So that whole Godfather thing has to have come from the fact that I was playing the game. I was making moves here and there, but it wasn't all, uh, uh, um, what's the word? It wasn't all big and explosive. It wasn't for mm-hmm. the TV. It was it was on the cool. You know what I'm saying? On the down low. I'm I'm laying here in the in the shelter and people coming and talk and I'm talking whatever whatever and I'm saying what I feel should be done and this and that. So that's kind of sort of how the whole Godfather thing, you know, come about. Even once we merged, they noticed I I would stay in the shelter the whole time and people come and talk to me, you know. So if you're coming to bring me information and I'm taking that information and, and, and letting it run through my head and say, OK, well, I feel we should do this and do that. And then some of those things transpired. So that's kind of kind of how the Godfather thing came about, because I was quiet. It was I didn't have to be all out and about where my stuff was put out there in front of everything it was it was more or less just just on a low level yeah what's weird too i mean you guys can let me know if this thought even makes any sense but like i felt like one of the blunders of the editing this season as far as cohesiveness was to like have carl kind of have you barely be on the show for a while (laughs) and then kind of like speed up to like, okay, now he's the godfather, he's controlling the vote, he's dictating everything that's happening. And I'm like, it's kind of like you can't have it both ways if you're editing the show. Like, give us the full story or don't give it to us at all, which is unfair to you probably in the second half of that like version. But but like, it just was a strange thing with the way they presented it because all of a sudden it was like, everyone bow down to Carl and we're like, wait, what? Well, that's kind of sort of how the how the editors changed up the game this season. You know what I'm saying? What made this season so so good is because in past seasons, you know, you guys as 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 spectators and and watching the show, y'all were basically able to pinpoint everything off of the edit. Whereas this year, they kind of changed up the edit a whole lot, you know, and and didn't give y'all the things what y'all is expecting, yeah. like. Okay, who's getting the winner edited and who's getting the purple edited and, and this and that. You know, they kind of kept it where it was just all over the place so nobody could never pinpoint who was doing what or who was going to win or this or that. So that's that's shots out to CBS editors. 
Yeah. There were small things too. Like I think this was actually you where they did the thing where they were using one of your confessionals and you were talking, but it was showing you just not talking. And then, and then it, it, and then it right. cut right to you right. talking. And it was like, everybody on Twitter was joking like, wow, were we just hearing Carl think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it was talking when I wasn't saying anything and then it played in all of a, yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, like I say, props to the editors, man. They did a they did a damn good job this year because every fan, and when I say fan, I mean super fan that I've talked with, they were lost the whole season. Like they <laughs> they could not pinpoint anything, which is a good thing because I've again I've watched for years and years, and you can tell off of the edit. Okay, this guy is going to the end, or that lady is going to the end. You know, you couldn't you couldn't really tell that off of our season. No one had a clue. I did think though, on an episode to episode basis, that it wasn't like I don't understand why this person got voted out because that's a complaint I've had before of like a blindside happens, but they didn't show you anything that built to that blindside. Where like with this season, I thought they did a good job of being surprising while still showing like, hey, Davy and Carl and uh, uh, Nick could could pull something crazy off here. So like they kind of tease us, and it's still surprising rather than hiding all of that and having it come out of nowhere. Which obviously that will be probably your like uh, unless you get to go play again, your your like moment that will go down in history is maybe that's how I should have introduced you as the idol nullifier because that's nullifier. just you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> First time in Survivor history, man. I mean, I hope I get a chance to go play again. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know what I mean? But yeah. who knows? There was so many. There was so many big characters to our season, man. It's like, you know, we don't know who will get a call again. And and whoever gets a call, they, you know, they have my blessings, good luck. I, you know, I hope they go far and win. But hopefully, it's me. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll do it. But. That, again, that's what that's where they did it, such a good job, man. Because there were so many different blind sides in our season that you can never tell where they were coming from, and they were they were all uh, uh, manufactured so well. So I, I just have one more question about the edit, and then we'll talk about other stuff. But like, I'm curious because you got this presentation of like, wow, he got way too cocky and then went down and. Uh, and and Jeff kind of in some of the post game stuff was like Carl shaking his head. <laughs> in some of the post game stuff, Jeff said he could be potentially great. Then there are obvious weaknesses, like a massive lack of awareness that led to his ultimate downfall. Jeff said, "I think we saw a very true representation of where he lost the plot, and it was his inability to read the situation." And like, I guess I'm curious because you talked about like obviously the edit not showing everything. Did you actually feel like what was being shown was not an accurate representation of you? Or were you watching it and thinking like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done this or that? No, it wasn't an accurate representation. You know what I'm saying? Of course, mm-hmm. Jeff have to sell it, man. Look, yeah. man, let me tell you something. Job. I stayed David Strong the whole time. You know what I'm saying? And just like I talk with Nick, Davey, Gabby, Christian. You know what I'm saying? It's like I didn't, I didn't make any of those moves alone. You know, it took us five to collaborate on those moves. So I'm not going to take any credit, you know, by myself on those moves. We collaborated on them. So for them to say that I lost uh, uh, focus or awareness or any any of that, that's bull. You know what I'm saying? It's just 
he has to say what he has to say, and I respect it. That's his job. That's why he's been the man for 37 seasons. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Survivor could literally survive without Jeff. Jeff is Mr. Survivor, you know? Yeah, and, and to your point, he does famously, like, if you read his little interviews every week, at the end they're always like, well, tease us about next week, and he's always like, next week's the best episode we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, so that's just that's just what it is. I mean... I don't think I got ahead of myself because even on the night that I got voted off, of course, we can talk about the whole 11 letter word that I spelled that I didn't get credit for. You know what I mean? But because um, I'd have had the necklace that night. No word uh, perceptions like I won't use that word. This year in 2019. <laughs> oh, um, I did see your tweet about but, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, man, it's like I was David Strong. I preached to them the whole time. Look. We have the numbers. We fought hard to get these numbers back. You know, we fought hard. We used every advantage we had, like, because they were going to pick us apart, period. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what anyone else says. They were literally going to, they weren't breaking from being Goliath Strong. And I seen that. I seen that Gabby was basically real close with Allison. I seen all of that. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I was with my with my intel. I was like, okay, we got to get rid of Allison. We have to because it's not going to be long before Gabby flips on us. You know? Mm-hmm. So I had already seen all of that. It just so happened that they beat me to it. Was it smart? I, I let the fans be the judge on that because when I got voted out, let me see. Gabby mm. came behind me. Then came <laughs> Christian. Then came my brother Davey. If Carl stays, huh? <laughs> Shrug shoulders emoji. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and and to, and Carl was talking to you about what was the actual word you were supposed to spell? I can't remember. The word was per uh, perspective. Perspective. That's right. I spelled the word perceptions. You get yeah, so that seems like a blocks. fail. They said we need an 11-letter word. I'm telling you what they said while I was in their challenge. Yeah, that seems like a fail on the blocks. design of the challenge part. Right. Like, now, the fans <laughs> on TV, they see the word perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have a clue of that on the island in the game. You know, you just tell me I got to spell an 11-letter word using 13 blocks. On top of the fact that Jeff screams out when I say Jeff, you know, to point out my word, he goes, call perceptions. No, that's wrong. As soon as he <laughs> say that, oh, crap. Davey's standing right next to me. He simply moves a few tiles yeah. because he was, you know, close to my word. He moved a few tiles and there it is, you know. But, I mean, that's, you know, it is what it is. So you were the 10th man voted out, the 5th man on the jury. You keep saying man. Well, there were no, women out there too, the, Ty. There, there's women too. I was the fourth guy on the jury. Okay. I was the fifth person on the jury. I was the fourth man. Elizabeth was first, then John, then Dan, then Alec, then myself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Walk me through kind of... I don't want to get through everything at Ponderosa because I think we're going to talk a little bit about that but what kind of went into kind of deciding the final vote what was it for you because we know that final tribal can last 
hours oh, and hours and hours. And we get what? Part of Carl's soul is still there. <laughs> yeah. That final tribal where I had to vote for a winner, mm-hmm. oh, that lasted hours. But for me, to answer your question, man, for me, it was like who had the all around game? You know what I'm saying? I wanted to know or, or, or use my vote towards someone that was social. Someone that that found advantages, you know, and someone that that when it came down to the fact that you needed that immunity necklace around your neck, you you reached inside and you went out and got it. That's what it was for me. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's ultimately why I voted for Nick, because Nick was social. I mean, Everybody knows that. He had alliances with everybody. This was me and Nick's alliance. Me and Nick were the rattlesnakes. Nick had alliances with everybody. You know what I'm saying? So that's the Mm -hmm. social aspect for me. You know, he found advantages. Hell, we found the still a vote together. You know, he found idols on his own. So that part. And then, mind you, once Davey came home or to Ponderosa, Nick was the last standing David, you know what I mean, with, with mm-hmm. what, four Goliaths, I think it was. If Nick wouldn't have won all three of those individual immunities, in my opinion, Nick would have joined us at Ponderosa because the Goliaths weren't breaking with the exception of Angelina. Angelina was the only Goliath that broke away from that, that stronghold. So Nick would have never won if he wouldn't have won those individual immunity challenges, in my opinion. So that's why my vote went to Nick. Now, Mike had a spectacular game, but Mike's whole game was social. Mike was probably one of the best as far as social. Everybody came giving Mike information. So I don't take anything from Mike's game, but Mm -hmm. for me, I based it on all three, outwit, outlast, and outplay. And for me, that that was Nick. Yeah, and it's funny, I was looking back at the preseason stuff and your comment on Nick that was in the Hollywood Reporter was the uh, thing I was joking about at the top of the show with Ty. Like You said he looks like a lawyer off Wall Street. He's clean-shaven with beautiful fucking eyes. He seems like he's going to be pretty good. You can tell a person's smart just by looking at him. He looks like he's very smart. I guess you were right about that first impression. And, and what he was, a fucking lawyer. You know what I mean? <laughs> with beautiful eyes. That's my boy. That's That's my dude. But yeah, I mean... Nick played a hell of a game, man. And, and, and mind you, if I wanted Nick gone first boot, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? If you very go back first, to the right? very first yeah. episode, yeah. Because he wasn't, because first impressions is everything. And those first three days on the island, Nick wasn't doing anything. But now, mind you, speaking with Nick after, Nick was out looking for idols the whole time while we were working to try to get a shelter up and <laughs> this and that. I mean, the, the weather was horrible. You know what I mean? So, we busting tail trying to get a trying to get a shelter built. Well, Nick's walking around with his lawyer jacket on doing his <laughs> thing, and I'm like, Nah, this ain't gonna cut it. Well, you know, like I need some people that's that's gonna work. We got We yeah. out here. So there was one other person in Final Three, Angelina, who was probably the most polarizing player, at least on social media in that world. And I, I kind of want to know because we've been talking about the edit a lot. Like, just tell us what the real Angelina is like. The real Angelina, a beautiful person, man, smartest person you ever met. The real Angelina, the Angelina I know outside of the game, even in the game, Angelina was smart, man. It just, 
again, the whole edit thing. Angelina was playing the game, you know. She was she was trying to make moves. I mean, you go back and look at the move when she was like, we need to get Christian out. None of them wanted to do it. But then Mike says, let's get Christian. Now they all want to do it. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, Angelina, man, smartest, smartest person you probably ever would meet. Like, literally. And I mean that wholeheartedly, man. Angelina is a sweetheart. Like, I don't... It's nothing bad I can say about Angelina at all. Nothing. Yeah, I think that was one of the funny things about this episode, or not this episode, this season, is in a lot of our podcasts, I kept saying, Angelina seems like she has it. She has the mentality to play the game. She has the social. But there's, like, one thing missing, and I couldn't put my thumb on it. And like you're saying, maybe the edit just showed the things that she couldn't get to work for her. Cause I think we even talked about, she tried to get Christian out and everyone was like, no, no, no. And then Mike says something and it works. The thing that was missing was the Goliaths didn't want to take lead from Angelina. That's what mm-hmm. was missing because every move Angelina tried to make made sense. They just, I don't know if it was her approach because now mind you, I didn't meet Angelina to the merge, but I don't know if it was her approach or what, but every every move that she tried to make, it made sense because they tried to make it the next tribe were after. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, well, damn, if y'all would have done it then, then it might have would have worked because she was already on top of it. But so it has to be it has to have been her her approach like they wasn't feeling her approach or what have you. But like I say, the girl was smart, man. Man, her game was blue completely to smithereens the night Elizabeth got voted off. Like, again, you only see what's on TV. So watching that, sitting in on that tribal council and all of that, like, Elizabeth totally blew her game up. And for Mm -hmm. her to survive that, you know, it was like, wow, like, she she did what she had to do. That was a controversial night for you, too, based off of what Elizabeth was saying after she got voted out, because... I think she talked about how she felt that she was done because in tribal she was like talking about trying to get rid of Angelina because of all this like lying about this or that or jury management or whatever it is. And uh, what she said was that Carl, you, said, Elizabeth, I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from you. Sit down or whatever it was. And uh, she said it was hurtful that Carl was throwing my name under the bus so hard. But... Uh, he's just playing the game, but it was hard. I don't have to be ch- buddy, buddy, chummy, chummy to get the job done with somebody. And apparently, Carl does. It was irritating watching it back. What? What was? How did that evolve? Let me tell you, man. Me and Elizabeth, me and Elizabeth are cool. You know, what I mean, we both live in. We live maybe three and a half hours away from one another. Yeah. But um, me and Elizabeth was kind of sort of the same in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Too Whereas, similar. Yeah, yeah, we were more more or less too similar. And and I don't know if y'all y'all watch my Ponderosa or what have you, but like when I came in from my Ponderosa, I told Elizabeth another main reason once we merge, while I felt the the necessary urge to get you out of there, is because Elizabeth was playing the game. You know what I'm saying? Elizabeth was she was literally playing a good game. So we all know in the game of Survivor, you got to get out threats. You know what I mean? And for me, Elizabeth was a threat for me because we were so much 
of the same in a sense. So it was like, okay, I got to get rid of her before she gets rid of me because she's she's basically playing the same game I'm playing, except she's more vocal, but she's talking with all of these different, <coughs> excuse me, she's talking with all the different Goliaths. You know what I'm saying? I, like, like I had caught when like Elizabeth was talking with the Goliaths like, it's whatever. Whoever y'all want to get get rid of, I, I'll work with y'all. And, you know, so when you when you hear that, it's like, oh, no, no, wait a minute. You're willing to work with anybody. You know what I'm saying? So I got to get you out of my way because you're not you're not really trying to work with me or the rest of the Davis because you're setting yourself out there to work with anybody. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to be that that swing vote, that floater vote. So that's why I kept pushing to get Elizabeth out of there. It was nothing personal towards Elizabeth. I love Elizabeth to death. That's my girl. But I, for gameplay, I had to get out of the way. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I felt like the first half of the season was very controversial in the press with, like, all this weird TMZ stuff with Alec and Kara. And Jeremy went out in, like, a, a really loud way. And... Uh, Jessica got in some trouble uh, in the offseason for tweeting. I guess it was racially insensitive. I think she tweeted the N-word. Yeah, she was a kid, man. She was a kid. Yeah, you had a good relationship with her, right? That was my girl, man. That's that's like my third daughter, man. Yeah, she was a kid when that happened. I don't... I don't pay no attention to that, man. I mean, if if one of you guys go out there and push something on out there in social media right now, you know what I'm saying, in a negative light at the age you at right now, and I don't even know you guys' age, but say <laughs> 10 years from now, y'all get picked to be on Survivor, I can guarantee you they're going to pull it back up. You know what I'm saying? It's just that's that whole – she was a kid, man. I don't I – don't, it's crazy. It didn't look like at the beginning it was going to be as tight of a group as it is, I think, for just from the outside. The group is tight, like literally. Jeremy couldn't come. Yeah. It, I don't know if you guys know why, but yeah, he he breached everything. When he got to Ponderosa, he left. He came back home on his own dollar. I heard something about that. I wasn't sure if it was true. <laughs> he booked his own flight and came back home. He was he was upset. He, he was upset because he got voted out in the spot he got voted out. You know, and he couldn't take it. I guess I don't know. I've only I've only met Jeremy in person one time because he came to L.A. for the finale. You know what I mean? Mm, so yeah. I finally got to meet him because I had never met him the whole time we were there. You know what I'm saying? Because he was voted out before I could meet him because he was on a totally different tribe. You know, mm-hmm. so the only time I've ever gotten to talk to Jeremy in person, face to face, was for a uh, finale. Because him and uh, uh, Alec hung out, you know what I'm saying? And me and Alec are real cool. So he came came by, and I finally met him in person. Cool guy, you know what I mean? But he made whatever decision he felt was best for him. You know, hey, I respect anything a man chooses to do for themselves. Yeah, and Alec, I guess, was not allowed to go. <laughs> yeah, Alec, Alec's thing was because of the TMZ picture. Yeah, and then Natalie, props to her for coming because i think she probably got i don't know what really happened but it looks like she got the worst edit out of anybody to like really look like she had no idea what she was doing and was just really angry at everybody and i don't know how everybody else feels about this who was on the show but it was interesting to have someone show up and be like 
Jeff, I'm not happy with how it was presented. And like, yeah, but when he put her on the spot, did you see any anybody say anything? You know, and I love it's not a, no, but I also thought if people didn't like their edit, they're not gonna probably raise their hand in front of Jeff and be like, I didn't like my edit. I wasn't sure what to make of that. Yeah, but let me let me let me let me say this. Like, I don't like the whole drunk call edit, right? But yeah. at the same time, I gave them the ammo because you seen me laying on the beach drinking a beer, fucking laying down in the sand. So I gave them that. So mm-hmm. therefore everybody's edit, they couldn't piece that together if you didn't give them those bits and pieces. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's no way in hell that every single person that played the game with her says this. You know what I mean? I never played with her. Again, I didn't meet Miss Natalie until after, and I love Miss Natalie, you know? But <laughs> we gave them the stuff. It's just they pieced it together to make it look like what they wanted it to look like. But we gave them that, you know? Yeah, it's all there. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, we gave it to them. Like, they didn't just come up with it. We gave it to them. So as far as that goes, she gave them a lot of content <laughs> in that type of situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to piece together a negative edit for Natalie, where someone who, you know, wanted to... Well, let's just take Christian. Christian was the fun, nerdy guy who kind of... In past seasons, you would have automatically picked him as the winner because he was getting that, you know, quote, winner edit. So they're not going to paint him as a villain, even though he might have done some villainous stuff out there. But he was kind of the voice and the narrator of the season for every week he was out there. So it's, it's understandable that if you put it out there, you are giving them the right to show it and use it any way they want. And I think that's the... That's the funny thing where people who get frustrated with their edits maybe forget that fact. I wonder if people just think it's more real than it is what they're seeing. Like if they're like, oh, they can't possibly twist that much or, or edit that much. Like I wonder why people, you know, fall into that trap. I mean, TV can do some magic, but that <laughs> much magic? Come on. <laughs> you know? I yeah. mean, and then... And then you know, you have to go back and later look at the type of stuff that you see now on on social media now that the show is all done. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you go back and you look at stuff of me posting stuff with my jacket and you, you know what I'm saying? So you kind of sort of like, okay, you say this at one point, but then on this social media, you kind of sort of like... Like smiling in your whole vengeance, you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense about you, you know. So it's like, come on, man. I hope we get to talk to Dan because you talk about social media. I found his fascinating. Like, <laughs> it seemed like there was a real beef between him and and Kara and Alec. And uh, I won't ask you to comment or speculate, whatever you might. We know. just did a podcast together, <laughs> me and Dan. You know, and I told him about that. You know, I told him my opinion about it. I mean, like when you had the whole T-shirt and all of that. It yeah, just, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, it just, it, but yeah, I told him it just, it didn't look right. The timing, none of that. Regardless of what you say it was, it didn't look right. 
Yeah, so let's talk about kind of this first half of the jury because Taylor and I were talking about it, you know, in our postseason kind of coverage, per se. And you go through a run of like Elizabeth, John, Dan, Alec, Carl. When I think of you five, I think of people that can take care of themselves out on an island. Do you think that was what was happening? Do you think they said, well, let's just get rid of big threats? Or was it truly just a David versus Goliath battle at that point? Or was it just no matter what tribe you were in, if you were a big threat to win immunities, to to go far in the game that way, let's get rid of them? I mean, in the very beginning... Of course, we gave up Elizabeth, and I told you guys why, because I felt Elizabeth would have crossed over and worked with them before any other David would have. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So at that point, it was like, okay, we were down, what? I think it was six to five? Was it six to five? Seven to five. I think it was seven to five. Okay, once we gave up Elizabeth, it was seven to five. So at that point, it was like, they, I mean, us five, we literally sat around like they got us. Like they can literally pick us apart one at a time, you know, because we hadn't at that once we got rid of Elizabeth, we hadn't really spoken about the different advantages we had. Like I hadn't told anybody at that point about my idol nullifier. You know, I think Nick knew about Davy's idol. You know what I'm saying? I think I even knew about Davy's idol at that point. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't, we, yeah, me and Nick found, we hadn't told Christian or Gabby about the still a vote. You know, so we knew bits and pieces of stuff, but we were like, they, they got us. I mean, we got to put in some work, you know? What was that kind of get together like where you guys said okay we got to make a big move we got this nullifier we got this seal of it we got an idol what was kind of the process of you guys sitting down saying how are we going to make this work how do we know who they want to vote out like what was that like sitting together what was the mastermind the brain trust going through initially we we thought we thought that angelina was going to go home next after the whole elizabeth thing right but then we, we kind of, I mean, we were all smart, you know what I mean? We kind of knew that they were pretty much blowing smoke up us, you know? So it was like, they're saying Angelina, but it just don't, it just don't seem right, man. It's just like, when you out there, you just, you just catch that vibe. You just catch that feeling like, they mm-hmm. bullshit me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this don't seem real. So Nick and Davey, props to them, man. Them dudes were they was they was in it. They were they was getting into all all kinds of way. So they caught wind that they telling us unanimous vote for Angelina, but they caught wind that it was Christian, you know. So that's when we we talked. You know, we was a little worried. Whatever, whatever. David was like, no worries, I'll play my idol for him. So that's when Nick came up with the idea that will split the minority vote because it was only five of us. That was all Nick's idea. So again, that goes back to another reason why I voted for Nick because the Mm. guy was just freaking smart. You know what I mean? When it came down to that type of stuff. First ever, ever in the history of Survivor, as far as I can remember, a minority vote split 
and it works. You know what I'm saying? Balls, so yeah. Nick came up with that. The only person out of the David Five that had no clue about that was Gabby. I, we all, us four know, Kristen, Nick, Davey, who am I missing? Kristen, Nick, and Davey, and myself. We knew. <laughs> you missed yourself. That, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm tripping. Yeah, like, we knew that those three guys were going to vote for John. They told me, Carl, you vote for Angelina along with Gabby. And the reason why you vote for Angelina along with Gabby is because we don't want Gabby to feel like we left her out. So you played dumb like you had no clue. <laughs> Everybody's voting for Angelina. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. I can put on my acting face as well. You know, so that's how that went, you know, and it and it worked to go from that vote. That was the John vote. OK. And then on the Dan vote, it was like and I told Dan, you know what I mean? Idols are precious. Like you don't. You don't tell people about your idols just all willy-nilly. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Like, he told the same chick about both of his idols. <laughs> Not one, but both. You know, you played one wrong for Angelina, which was somebody you said you didn't even really like. You wouldn't have never played it for. So you wasted that one. Then we caught wind that you had a second one. Here's when the nullifier comes into play okay we're still down at this point we're down six to five you know and we know again we catch wind again they're bullcrapping us yet again because i think at that point i i want to say they tried to say it was going to be angelina and let me tell you something angelina's name was the vote every time just about you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah that's how much they used her you know, like, yeah, it was it was crazy. So we caught wind. So for that whole vote, it was like, OK, me and Nick found there's still a vote. So Nick was like, well, we're just still a vote. But that's just going to make it even. It's just you know what I mean? That's just mm-hmm. that's not going to help us, because if that don't go right, then whichever one of us, they won't going home. We're still going home, which it just so happens to be Christian yet again. Yet again, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that's when I don't know if you if you if you remember you see in the episode when I'm talking to damn near just about every Goliath, and I'm telling them we're going for Dan, we're going for Dan, we're going for Dan. Well, there was a reason for saying that we knew Dan had an idol. So if I'm telling all his alliance that we're going for him, of course his alliance is going to tell them tell him. So what is he going to do? He's going to play his idol to save himself. Now, they didn't know about anything. We get to tribal council. Nick steals the vote. The only thing that was crazy is that he stole Allison's vote. But that was just a, a inside thing for Nick towards <laughs> Allison, which <laughs> kind of threw it off because it's like, damn, you stole her vote. Normally, if you steal that person's vote, typically that's the person you're gunning for. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of threw a right, but the, but it kind of threw a monkey wrench into things, you mm-hmm. know. And Dan even said it; he almost played his idol for Allison, you know. But that's how that all transpired. When he did that, of course, that, that tied it up. So Dan plays his idol. Boom! I played the 
another fire and Dan just knew he was safe because he walked up there and said, I'm playing this for me, Jeff. I, <laughs> he said something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? And then Jeff pulls out another fire and it's like, bye-bye. Bing! <laughs> Bing, no, there it I is. I love that move. Even, even before the season started and we were doing our preseason coverage and we had got wind that Idle Nullifier was going to be out there. I was a doubter. I was like, man, there's no way they're going to be able to figure out the exact right time to use this because they're going to have to use it on the right person and get their votes. And in order for it to work, like they have to be the minority. They have to be the ones that look like they have no shot. And the fact that you guys pulled it off, that was one of those moments in like talking about being a super fan. I mean, I don't have every move memorized in the past season, but that was one of those moments where like, I might have stood up and just like shouted yes and like did a fist pump. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what a lot of people don't realize, man, how hard it was to to have that particular advantage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That advantage, you had to have all, all sorts of intel. Because now, mind you, I didn't have to say bing. I didn't have to say no, none of that. It could have rolled off into the sunset and nobody never knew who played it. And also, it could have been, if I wouldn't have got it right, you guys as the as the audience would have, ne- that, that advantage would have never, ever been discussed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's I, just I think what we it was. actually joked about when you got it, we were joking about like how useless it was. <laughs> we were like... How is he ever going to be able to use that? You have to play it exactly right at the exact right time. Hope that someone plays an idol. Hope that that actually helped. Like it, it's you needed such an insane series of things to happen for that to work. Yeah, I mean everything had to work perfectly. Now, mind you, put that it advantage did. in the next five seasons, and let's see how many times they get it right. Yeah, exactly. How many times you think they'll get it right? Come at Carl. Oh, for five. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know yeah. what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I got it right. I mean, whether they want to give me my props for it or not, whether I needed help, you have to have help. There's no yeah. way you oh, can yeah. play it without any help. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So give me give me what I'm due. Exactly. But enough about me and the nullifier. <laughs> we give Carl what he's due here. I do want to add, we, we talked to Wendell early on in your season, uh, I think week three or four, and he, he talked about like this burden that he felt as an African-American guy trying to like represent what a winner on Survivor should look like and what it looks like to be a black guy on reality TV. And I'm just like, I'm curious what it was like kind of bucking this like classic Survivor stereotype, let alone like uh, American stereotype, I guess. And like getting so far with Davey and having that represented on the show. I mean, it, it's difficult, man. I mean, you know, as you can see, it's not it's not very many very many of us that get to be on the show. You know what I mean? So when you when you're on the show, you want to represent yourself properly. You know what I'm saying? And and, and mm-hmm. like Wendell, I respect Wendell. I love Wendell. I talk to Wendell. You know, like one of the best win- winners. You know what I mean? Because he he represents us being an Af- African American. In the right way. He's not doing nothing stupid. Everything he's doing is positive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's and that's the same thing with me and Davey. Like Davey, that's that's my little brother, man. Like forever. You know what I'm saying? I met this guy on the show, you know, but 
it's the same with Davey, man. It's, it's, you know, we just want more more black people to even watch the show. Like, before I was on the show, I can promise you all my friends, family, whatever, with the exception of my dad, <laughs> like, nobody else that I fooled with knew nothing about Survivor. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I've turned... Now, how long will they continue watching? I don't know. But I've turned so many new African-Americans onto the show that knew nothing in almost 20 years, knew nothing about that show. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. How was your dad doing, by the way? I remember reading in the preseason that he was not doing well when you went out. Yeah, man. My, my dad is up and down, man. I, talk, I spoke with him earlier. He actually came to the live with me. He was able to fly. Come on, you. He was able to Just fly. so the people sorry. know, Carl is outside right now. Sorry. <laughs> I was letting one of my dogs out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carl's a real guy, man. Y'all going to get what you get. <laughs> dogs got to use the bathroom. You can't use it in my house. But um, <laughs> I was just yeah, wanted to no, explain man. the door noises that were happening. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's doing good, man. I spoke with him earlier, man. He, he, he goes up and down. You know what I'm saying? He deals with a lot of... Um, Real, real bad seizures, man, because he've had to, he's had to have um, brain surgery. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, I mean, the brain is that's that's the 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 computer, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of our whole existence. So, yeah, ever since they, you know, went in there and had to tamper with that, you know, he's just been on a on an up and down roller coaster. But right now, as as I speak with you guys. He's doing real well. I spoke with him earlier. I FaceTimed him earlier because I live in a different city than, you know, my parents live in. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, he's doing he's doing real good. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. And it's it's cool to hear just how easy it is. I mean, not not easy, but like the effort Survivor has to do to spread the show to other kinds of people and other communities. Like it doesn't take that much. It's like we've talked about this in previous seasons, like. If you represent the country that we have out there, then it'll get represented in your viewership too. And it's it's cool to see those kind of walls come down. It obviously was a big story with Zeke a couple of years ago and Right. Right. Lauren was a Lauren Rimmer was actually, I felt like a an interesting addition if uh on like the countryside the rural countryside of things, because the show had been evolving to like hot person island for a little while <laughs> it was it, re it really was it was more or less like let's get these hot people out of here on the island you know what i mean and it's like no that's not the game of survivor you know the game of survivor you get people from all different walks of life you know and you yeah, put them exactly. out there and basically you're playing you're playing human chess you know what i'm saying because both of you guys have a different personality than i have so let's see if I can put trust in you knowing that I don't know anything about you, like that's the hardest thing ever about that game. How can you trust somebody that you don't know anything about? You have to in order to survive in that game. You hear that, Survivor? Do you want two anxious young white guys? Boy, do we have the host for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, it is interesting what you were just talking about, like trying to get to know people in such a short amount of time and in such an intense situation. Uh, we do, we are running out on, on time on our end here, but I wanted to ask you about the ratio of like game strategy conversations to like bullshit conversations to like 
really deep, we're staring at the stars laying on a beach conversations. Like, what what is that like to shift between those kinds of things? Man, let me tell you, you talk about all kinds of stuff when you're out there. <laughs> it's like you have so much time on your hands, man. Like, every single person out there knows everything about my wife, you know? Like, they all know my wife. Because that's all I talked about the whole time I was out there. Whereas, you know, others talked about other things, you know, but it's you have so much time. We're talking 24 hours a day. For me, I was out there for 30 days. Like, I had all kinds of stuff to talk about just to pass time. I mean, on a normal basis, I go to work and come home and I can turn on the TV and watch some sports or, or what have you to pass the time. Whereas... You're sitting on an island with nothing. You have a freaking shelter that you built out of bamboo. You know, you can lay up in that or you can sit around the fire or whatever. But it's just it's so much time that we've communicated so much. That's why we've become, you know, a close knit family with the with the 19 castmates that I have, because we share so much information with one another that they probably never told you know, friends that they talk to on a daily basis about. That's what makes it so weird. When you're stripped down to having nothing but the people that surround you in communication, trust me, it's a lot of communicating going on. So in that same vein, what was like one of the biggest takeaways you have from now being able to go out there and play the game? And like you said, you met 19 people that are more than castmates, they're family. What's another big thing that you took away from just having the opportunity to play this game that we love the i would have to say the fact of cherishing everything you have right now you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like 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 we're each sitting in our individual houses or, or or what have you you know what i'm saying i can get up and go to the refrigerator and have something to drink or something go let the dog out you know what i'm saying (laughs) i can let the dog out i can go in my in my room and take a shower you know what i'm saying i can sit on a on a on a toilet i mean it's you don't have any of that man when for those that think that this game is fake it's it's nothing fake about it like once you're dropped off on that island the weather i mean if it's raining outside i can come inside out there you can't it's nothing you can do man i can tell y'all the very first night, and not to ramble because I know we don't have much time, but like the very first night, it dumped. I mean, it poured. We had we didn't even have a roof on our shelter. I can remember me and Jessica sitting at the base of a tree trying to cover ourselves with palm fronts. And it was just, it was horrible. It was freezing cold. It was, it was miserable, man. So to be out there and endure that and then to come back home, to what I work hard for, it's like I don't I don't second guess it, man. I I cherish every minute of it. Yeah, I think that's a we always learn something something nice that impacts people's lives. I feel like when we get to talk to people about this show, which I I think is what's really cool about it. I think like I can't speak to this because I don't have a bachelor podcast, for example. But I can't imagine people come home from The Bachelor with, like, life lessons. <laughs> yeah, no. No, absolutely. Why would you? you? You in this this mansion and you're with 20 other females or 20 other males. and You know what you your know, life lesson should be? 
date like a normal person. And, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, man. It's nothing. It's nothing like the show Survivor. Nothing at all. Like the, that can Big Brother. None of that is nothing can compare to the show Survivor because Survivor strips you from, from of everything, literally. Guys, there's nothing like the show Survivor. There's nothing. Like on the island podcast, I'll say that even though it's not the same kind of thing. But there's nothing like us. <laughs> there's nobody. <laughs> there's nobody like Carl Boudreau. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Carl. What? Where can people find you? Man, look on my Twitter. You can find me at Godfather Carl. You got the I'll, handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just haven't switched over on my Instagram yet, man. But um, on my Instagram is cboudreau76. You know what I'm saying? Follow me, man. It's it's. I'm not no, you know. I'm not all that big into the social media. You're not gonna get a lot of crazy stuff from me. I mean, I post. You never gone viral? Or no, anything? I'm no, I'm not. I'm not hot cop Dan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hot cop Dan posts pictures of like blooming onions and goes viral. Oh yeah, that's my guy, man. But that's just what they what they do, man. You know, like I said, I was the third oldest on this here season, man. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm yeah. not all that big into the social media world. I'm getting there simply because of the fact of I've been on the best reality TV show in history, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm trying to get there, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, follow me, man. Don't like stress said, out about Twitter, it too much. Follow Carl and Instagram is cboudreau76. Follow me and, and send me a DM. I'll be more than happy to answer any question you have to ask me and chat it up with you you know what i'm saying as long as you keep it cool and don't get weird then you know what I'm saying? I'm here for you well i hope we didn't get too weird for you because we've uh, really enjoyed having oh, i wanted to get weirder let's let's get weirder we'll to, we gotta we gotta come back i feel like we left enough meat on the bone for carl's backstory and history he can, you can come back and uh, help us recap an episode at some point if you're down for it. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. Anytime y'all invite me back, I'll be more than welcome to come back, man. I, I enjoy it, man. I hope y'all's podcasts get bigger than what it is. You know what I'm saying? I'll do my part to, um, you know, put it out there on my social media, let people know that I joined you guys on y'all's podcast, and hopefully y'all can get some more followers. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we're always looking. We're always growing little by little. But we'll never forget our OG fans. <laughs> Always with us. Always with us. And our OG guests, too. Uh, I think you're, you still count. I think you're still in our first 10 or so. So we'll, you, 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 can, you can still get like the special jacket that the Saturday Night Live hosts get. Gotcha. But uh, <laughs> for now, that's Carl. That's Ty. Ty, the people know where to find you by now, right? Yeah, at Tyler B. Commons on everything, I think. I'm not really sure anymore. Good enough. <laughs> sounds like you need to go to sleep <laughs> i got an instagram i got a twitter i don't think i'm good at instagram because i just i don't like pictures of myself so if i go on a hike you'll see mountains you'll see trees but you won't see me so <laughs> you can find me Gaines taylor or just search my name on instagram if you really want to know what my personal life is up to i don't know you can find me in tampa pretty easily probably because <laughs> uh, i don't know how private my instagram is am i have i said too much <laughs> all right people thank you for listening i hope you i hope you enjoyed our little dip into the podcast feed here during the off season we'll be back very soon survivor starts up again on february 20th i believe so 
get ready for that. It's going to be another exciting season. Will it top the previous one? It's going to be tough. What do you say, Carl? <laughs> it won't top the previous one. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> but um, you may not get one better than me, you know what I'm saying? First one from <laughs> Survivor Season 37, David versus Goliath. First one ever, right? Yeah, first one so far. So everyone else has to live up to this. I'm holding up my hand, like, up to the roof, just so people you know. You hold up your hand, and I'm going to sign it off. Bing! <laughs> there you have it. That's a bing from all of us. Or, Tyler, Ty, Ty prefers Google. All right, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.